Caregivers Careport with Dr. Corbell Arbs is brought to you by Scissortail Health Coaching, helping family caregivers learn healthy ways of managing their emotions, mindset, and life changes so that they can protect their own health and give their best possible care. I ever begin to think that there are blessings in the midst of my situations? Why would I even want to try to look for the good in terrible situations when all I feel like is doing is just venting my anger, my frustration, and the pressure I'm feeling? Did you ever feel that way? Many of us have. We've been talking about mindset and how our mindset affects our health, our emotional state, and how stressed we feel. Whether our mindset leans toward being positive, looking for the good, or negative, looking for and expecting troubles, it greatly impacts our own physical health, our emotions, and our mental state. At the last episode, we talked about some of the ways we can mold our mindset to be more positive and get the benefits that a positive mindset delivers. So today, let's go deeper into one of those ways, and we'll go deeper into gratitude and how gratitude impacts our health and quality of life. So what is gratitude? Well, gratitude is acknowledging the goodness in your life and recognizing that that goodness has a source And at least some of that source lies outside of yourself. Well, you can be grateful for all sorts of things, whether big or small. Sleeping through the night, getting a green light while hurrying to an appointment, when a mammogram is read as normal, or a peace agreement at the end of a war. When someone brings you a meal when you're sick, do you appreciate it? Gratitude can be applied to the past, as in remembering past experiences or past blessings. It can be applied to the present by not taking things for granted as they come. To the future, as in being hopeful and optimistic that there will be good things arriving. In regards to our health and well-being, gratitude is golden. It's a major player. It serves us well. It makes us better off in so many ways. Well, how do we do that? How does it do that? And how do we get it? Well, let's take a look at what science tells us. Research shows that gratitude helps people feel more positive emotions, the feel-good emotions. Helps us savor positive experiences, enjoy better health, and be more resilient in adversity. It helps us build strong relationships. And gratitude also helps us deal with common forms of psychological distress, such as anxiety and depression. One study done by Robert Emmons and Mike McCullough examined the impact of keeping a gratitude journal. They took a group of people and they divided the group of participants into three different separate groups. 
all of the participants in each of the three groups was asked to write a few sentences each week on five things that had happened that week. So they only had to write one time a week, but on five things that had happened that week. Now the first group was asked to write about things they were grateful for that had occurred during that week. The second group was asked to write about things that happened that week that they were displeased with or that were hassles. And the third group wrote about things that had affected them, but they were not given instruction about whether to write about positive or negative experiences. They continued their journaling for 10 weeks. After the 10 weeks, those who wrote about gratitude were more optimistic and they felt better about their lives. One other surprising finding was that the group who wrote about gratitude had fewer visits to physicians and they exercised more than those who focused on the hassles and unpleasantries of life. There have been other studies as well that have shown the benefits for adults, children, and adolescents of making lists of things we're thankful for, keeping a gratitude journal, or just expressing gratitude to others. Now, I'm really grateful that no matter what our inherent or current level of gratitude, it's a quality that and a behavior that we can successfully cultivate within ourselves. So let's think about these study results. How can they guide us so that we can grow our attitude of gratitude and reap those health benefits and feel better about our lives? Well, let's see what the studies showed. We can keep an attitude journal. You can write, list, or draw. Doesn't matter, but you put something on paper. Don't worry about spelling, grammar, or syntax. This is not important. It's not going to be a term paper that will be graded or affect your GPA. This is for you to focus your heart and your mind and just reflect on the good that is in your life. It's for you. It's No one else need ever see it. Now, if you believe that your life is so miserable that there's nothing to be thankful for, then this exercise is especially for you. Even if you only think of something like, well, I guess I'm grateful that someone cares enough to make a podcast to help me to feel better. Or something like, I'm thankful that at least I still have the strength to look for ways to help me carry on. To start out, you might have a goal of naming just one thing that you are grateful for each week. And I'm confident that you will begin to strengthen your gratitude muscle. And before long, you'll begin to see many more things that you will think of and feel good about. And you'll call them to mind at other times as well. And you'll start to get momentum with your gratitude. Another way is just expressing gratitude to others. Who of us has had a parent or a person with authority in our life insist that you write thank you notes or at least to walk up to a person, look them in the eye and thank them for inviting you to their party or for including you in an activity? 
And who likes it when someone is ungrateful? Saying thank you benefits the giver as well as the receiver. When you nurture your relationship with another person by expressing gratitude for what they've done for you, you can make yourself happier and more positive. You train your mindset to notice and enjoy the good in your life and also to live in expectation that good is a part of your life experience. A mindset that's positive, hopeful, and expectant of blessings, and you'll feel happier because your emotions will follow your thoughts. Now, if journaling or just approaching a person isn't appealing to you, you have other options. You can just speak to yourself in depth about your blessings. You can speak to your other people about your blessings, but put it into words. You can make a mental note when you notice something that deserves gratitude. At bedtime, you can contemplate the things you're thankful for or incorporate them into a prayer. There is another thing you can do to get even more positive effects, and that is by writing to a person who has been kind or helpful to you. One study showed that when a person writes and personally delivers a letter of gratitude to one who had never been properly thanked for their kindness, they will score significantly higher on happiness scales and a decrease in scores on a depression scale immediately afterward. But it's not a fleeting happiness, it's only in the moment. The benefits were still present when they interviewed those people a month later. Now, more recent studies have shown that delivering the letter in person is not essential for the increase in happiness that you get from writing the letter. So if you would like to write a letter to someone you cannot contact or who is deceased, the act of writing the letter will still give you much benefit. It's it's not just science that points the way to well-being by expressing thankfulness. Many religions also hold the practice of giving thanks as valuable and prescribe it. I've had a very personal encounter with this in my own life. Many of you know, but I'll share with you all, that I'm a practicing Christian. I take my faith seriously. I was the primary caregiver for my husband for the nine years he had early onset Alzheimer's. It was tough with all the sadness, grief, and frustrations that can go along with it. Many of you know all too well how it is. Now, the Old and New Testaments are full of references and instruction to give thanks. As my husband's illness got progressively more challenging, I became aware of the the Bible verse from the letter to the Thessalonians instructing us to give thanks in all circumstances. Well, I had to sit with that one for a while. There was so much about my husband's illness that was awful and unwanted. But in the end, I came to the conclusion that there was wisdom in that directive and that I would give it a try. 
it was an act of the will. It was not something that came easy to me or that I thought would necessarily be fun or pleasant to do. I made an act of the will to choose to do that. At first, I couldn't begin to say that I was thankful for his Alzheimer's, but I was able to trust that some good could possibly come from it. I didn't know what that good was going to be exactly, so I began in my prayers to say that I gave thanks for whatever good will come from this. I, I didn't know then what it would be, but I trusted that blessings would come. To whom I didn't know, um, when I didn't know, I didn't even know if I'd know that they had happened. I, I just didn't know, but I gave thanks for whatever good I trusted could possibly come from it. With practice, it got a lot easier, and I noticed that I began look began to look for anything that was a blessing, and, and there were many blessings. Initially, I was thankful for things like friends, family, and supportive care workers, and resources in the community, and other things which kept us managing. As time went by, I became deeply grateful for other things. And one of the things that I give thanks for was my recognition that through my husband's illness, I was growing in my ability to love deeply. It wasn't a romantic love or, you know, an exciting kind of love, but it was a love in which I could give myself to care freely, even when I had no expectation that my beloved could give me anything back. I was there for him when he was help, helpless. I became so thankful that I could do that for him and truly seal the ver marriage vows we had made so long before. When I started the care partner journey with him, I, I never expected what was in our future. His illness um, is something I would have never wished for, nor did I expect it to happen. But when it did, I began to see that it brought an opportunity for me to love him more deeply, and I give thanks for that. And I pray and trust that my experience with traveling with him through his illness will continue to give blessings to me, my family, and now to you and your loved ones. I invite you to embrace the practice of gratitude. If you want to do something to feel better, express more frequently your gratitude for the blessings that have come in the past, that are coming now, and for the ones that will come in the future. If you want to feel better, this is a proven way to get you there, and I can tell you it can be transformative. In our next episode, we will continue to talk about the ways we can shape our mindset and protect our health and feel better. 
I invite you to subscribe to the podcast. You'll get notifications of episodes, will be easy to find in your podcast library, and it will help us bring you the best possible information and support. If you'd like to contact me, my links are below, and I invite you to leave a voicemail on the SpeakPipe link and tell us your questions and topics that you would like addressed on the Caregiver's Care Port. Until next time, take care.